Welcome to Sober Holly, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome back to Sober Holly Podcast. I'm Roger, and I'm here with our other host, Jason. Yes, I'm here. You are there, man. So today, um, I got something I want to talk about. Oh, I know, I know. Serious? Yeah. Well, it isn't that serious, but it's it's you know I do a lot of thinking, and sometimes it don't go anywhere. But um, it's dangerous I was, too. <laughs> it's very dangerous, and and I'm sure other people have thought about it too. I haven't recreated the wheel in my head, although there's times I think that I have. But I was thinking about like doctors. Um, you know, we end up going to the doctor when we get sick because they seem to know what they're doing. We expect them to know what they're doing. In fact, you can go to any doctor anywhere. Like if you go to New Orleans a lot, and like Mm -hmm. your primary doctor may be here in Birmingham, but if you're in New Orleans, you would just find a doctor to go to if you're sick there, and you expect them to get you better, right? Yeah, I mean, naturally. That's what you're paying them for. Right, but but why why do you put so much faith in them? I mean... For a doctor is because they went to medical school. Right. You know, I mean, you expect them to be an expert in their field. You expect them to know what they're doing, right? Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, they they paid $100,000, $200,000 to get all this school, and they were trained by other doctors. I mean, there's a bunch of different hoops they had to go through. There's the American Medical Association of Doctor People. You know, out there. Yeah, you know, the doctor people board. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but, like, they have to get certifications. There's a lot of tests they have to pass, which, you know, makes you think that they're credible and they know what they're doing. Yeah, I would agree. I and mean, that's the reason I do it. I mean, there's never been, well, I'm not going to say never, but recovery's kind of taught me that part. But I don't normally, when a doctor tells me that I have pneumonia, I don't usually argue and say, no, Google told me I had the flesh-eating bacteria. You know, I I don't argue (laughs) that fact. I just take them at their word, and that's what I do. And then what do they they prescribe to me? I follow that regimen of getting better, you know, whether it's antibiotics or days off work, whatever it looks like. I just trust them, and we do it, and typically I get better. Yeah. Well, that led me to thinking about what really constitutes being an expert. You know, is it the the boards, the training, all of those things? I think those are beneficial. They give credibility to anyone. I think you just said that, that, um, you know, the eight years or so that a medical doctor goes in in, and training and schooling, yes, that is very beneficial. But if you had your choice to go sit down with a doctor who has just finished medical school or a doctor who had been practicing for 20 years which doctor would you want to go to 20 years you see me too especially if i'm going to have surgery i don't want to be your first incision no because like uh have you seen that farmer's commercial commercial where they say uh we can handle a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two yeah yeah that's a good commercial i like that one 
Oh, you now you see you're getting me off base because the best commercial on TV right now is that when doctor, he's like yelling at somebody down the hall. He said, yeah, I just got reinstated. And he walks in and sees the patient on the bed. He says, you're nervous. And the patient goes, yeah. And the doctor goes, yeah, me too. Yeah. We'll work through it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It owns me. <laughs> or what? What? It's the AT&T commercial. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's great. I, I have no clue what, who it's for, but the commercial itself is priceless. Yeah. It says it's just good enough. Yeah. He's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. But anyways, um, you know, I would want the doctor who's had 20 years of experience versus that just finished the schooling. Oh, yeah. That led me to this thought about us in recovery. What constitutes someone being an expert in recovery? Um, Several times when I was trying to get clean, I had went to counselors. I had went to rehabs. And I went to all these different people trying to get advice, medical advice, you know, with me in in those days, it was like, if I can just go into these places, they can give me this prescription to fix me and everything's going to be better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying those are bad things. They're not. And, and I'm not trying to lead us down that road because I went to rehab and it was very beneficial to me. It helped me to, to get me where I'm at today. My point is this, is that we put a lot of faith in recovery into these trained professionals but I think that the experience is what helped me build a solid base for my recovery. It was the people who had been where I've been that made all the difference in the world for me. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I went to some outpatient um, rehab classes or whatever, where, you know, where you got to go three days a week. And you got, you know, and the ones I had to go to, you had to go three days a week from like 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. or something. And I remember thinking, how can I? I can't even have a job. Like, <laughs> right. when am I supposed to work here? Yeah, they want to get paid too, right? Yeah, oh, and you got to pay them too yeah. and the whole thing, you know. And the skeptical side of me was like, this is just a big racket. But but anyway, like all the counselors and I had that I had, you know, and the teachers of the classes I was having to take, none of them had ever had any kind of addiction problems and, you know, at that point in my recovery, I, I was struggling and I was just trying to find anything wrong with anything I was doing. And I remember that was one of the things I honed in on. I'm like, they're trying to, you know, tell me how to, you know, be free from drugs and alcohol and they've never struggled with it themselves. And I was like, so why should I listen to them, you know? And uh, it, it, it took me a long time to realize that, you know, that... I should listen to them because they do have things to offer. But I'm, I remember one of my teachers, he, he actually pointed pointed it out that I can't identify where, where you know, where you've been. And so you're going to be able to draw a lot more strength from someone who has actually walked in your shoes and made it out the other side. And then that's, you know, because they encouraged you to go to 12-step meetings or, or any kind of recovery meetings. And I think it's a testament to the the medical community and the counseling community that they push recovery meetings. Most of them do. I have I've yet to run into any that don't. They push those meetings so heavily because they know that that's where that people who bond together in that are, are able to draw strength from each other that they can't offer sometimes. Yeah, there's value in that community. Right. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, I think back to those days, just like you're talking about, and counselors would tell me to do gratitude list. I mean, they don't need to have walked, you know, in my shoes to tell me that. But like you, it was hard for me to receive that. I would tell you as a sponsor to read your Bible as part of your daily, you know, disciplines. My pastor would tell me the same thing, but I would, you know, I would receive it more from my sponsor than my pastor when I was first in recovery because I would see the need for it more. Yeah, and and that worked out a lot of different ways that way. And so this idea of what does it take to be an expert? There's um, there's this rule. I don't know if it's true or, or what, but I've always heard this. They don't necessarily make it right. That's the reason I preface it with that. Is that you know ten thousand hours is what makes someone an expert in a subject. In fact, some would even say that it's ten years. That that yeah. that ten thousand hours is equivalent to ten years worth of training in something. Practicing something for ten thousand hours. And you know what I practiced for ten thousand hours? What drugs? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of practicing in that, yeah. and it made me an expert in the field of doing drugs. Yeah. I was very good at it. In fact, I, I, I don't know that there was anybody better at it than I was. I don't know. I, <laughs> you may have been. I don't know. Um, but you know, if I if I was, to, I'm kind of disconnected from some of the stuff they do nowadays. Oh yeah, I don't. They're they're coming out with new stuff all the time. Yeah, I, I was telling my wife, I'm here. I am getting sidetracked again. But I'm so fortunate that I got sober before really camera phones took off. Oh man, yeah. Because that would be some bad things. And Facebook. Oh and man, it would have been so bad. I'm so fortunate. Like even the mug shots that you have on the counter at the convenience stores. Yeah. I'm so glad mine isn't there. Well, they're all online now. And yeah. and my wife, when we first got together, I told her I'd been arrested a bunch of times. She went looking for my mug shots online. She said there wasn't any of them on there. And I was like, well, that was before. I tried to get mine. I can't even that. get them now. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see a couple of them. Anyway. So, anyways, uh, all that said is, um, you know, I, I not that that's what anybody would want to be an expert in is drug use or alcoholism, but I, I consider myself an expert in that because I well exceed the ten thousand uh, <laughs> hour threshold yeah. threshold of that, and so I can understand. I've walked a mile in someone's shoes, and the people before me. Um, had walked them a mile in those shoes. They had gotten their 10,000 hours to, you know, to secure their seat inside of a rehab sure. or, or inside of a, an AA meeting or a, a CR meeting, any kind of meeting. So I, I, their credibility was their experience. Right. Just like that doctor who had, you know, 20 years worth of experience over the, the, the guy who just got out of school. You know, he's had some experience. That's the reason you would want him. That's the reason you look for a sponsor who's been down the road as you've been. And that's the reason it was easier for me to take advice from someone who's walked in my shoes. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, with the experience thing, and we are not saying don't see professionals. Definitely see professionals, counselors and all that stuff. But what a, a, a professional or a clinician you know, who has never dealt with drug or alcohol or any kind of uh, substance abuse or whatever, what they can't offer is the experience part. Because, like, if you've, if you've been in that, that um, state of being addicted to drugs and alcohol and then you've recovered and you've had, you know, a decent amount of, of time in recovery, if you're working with somebody who's new in it, you know the pitfalls that are coming for them 
a lot of times before they even see it mm-hmm. where you know maybe a trained professional you know has not lived that you know particular path and they can't see all those things because they've never been there before so it, it's it's really valuable to have peer support because um, that's basically what being a sponsor is is peer support because you 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 can identify things that a professional can't identify. Right. Yeah, I mean, and to your case, professionals can see things that I can't. I, I can't tell you your mental, mental illnesses, your health well, issues. Yeah, sure. And, and so that's the reason, to your point, you need to do both. It, we definitely don't discourage that. But my point that I was, you know, kind of coming to when I was thinking about all this is that, you know, we don't really become – I understand what it is for someone to be early on in recovery, like you were talking about earlier, and say, well, they don't understand me. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reason I believe in recovery. Our experience speaks volumes. Yeah. And after you've gotten sober, maybe you've worked with your sponsor, you've worked through the steps, then it's your turn to carry that 12th step yeah. to, to share with someone else. And I know for me early on, I was like, well, I don't know how to sponsor somebody. Well, I know what to do that my sponsor did with me. Right. I mean, that's sponsorship. Yeah. In the in the Christian world, you know, you're like, I don't know how to disciple someone. Well, you do whatever everybody's doing to you. Right. You, know, you share yeah. with them what someone's sharing with you. Yeah. You're just being the middleman and just passing right. it on down you're the road. passing it on. Yeah. And for me, like, I remember when I first started going to recovery meetings, um, there was a there was a speaker meeting I went to real early on first week or two I was going to meetings, and that was the first time when I heard the whole the, the guy's whole story. I remember thinking, I might be able to do this. Like there might be some hope because I wasn't near as bad as he was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was pretty messed up. Yeah. And I remember thinking, if he can do it, then I think I might be able to do. That. There's at least a small chance that this could work for me. And I immediately trusted the guy. I didn't know him. I didn't know him from anybody. And But hearing his story and seeing myself in his story and thinking, hey, I did some of those same things. And he did some of those same things. And he's, he's you know, experiencing some some level of freedom from it. He's been sober for a while. It, it made me trust him and then he went on to talk about the steps and how he did it. And then that kind of made me trust the whole process a little bit more, you know, than if it would have been just, you know, some expert in, you know, psychology telling me, hey, you should work these steps. And I'll be like, well, why should I trust you, you know? But when it's been somebody that has actually done it before you and and is experiencing you know, the blessings of sobriety and there's there's actual proof in their life that, hey, this is really working for them. You know, they're not driving a car that's, you know, banged all up out there and it's probably stolen and, you know, those type things. When you can see the evidence in their life of, hey, they're 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 recovering, they're doing well in their in their sobriety, it makes you trust the process and tr- and trust recovery more. Yeah, it's kind of like I've talked to, you know, I'll just give an example. If you sit down and talk to a doctor and you've got to have a surgery, and I don't know, we'll just 
pick a, a, a like a, a, a one day. Well, I was gonna say a one day surgery. Um, just say a one day surgery where you're gonna be in and out. Well, that may be a huge deal to you, but your doctor says, "No, nah, really, this is gonna be a big deal. We'll have you out in two hours." You know, and you believe him? Why? Because he's done this surgery before on other before. people, yeah. and that's the same. You know what you hear from this testimony from this guy. You don't know him, but. You hear his story that sounds a little bit like yours, and you're like, he can't be making this stuff up because I, I can relate with him. I, you know, I know what he's talking about. So you trust him. And you trust him because of his experience. You trust him because you feel like he, he's been where you've been and that he knows the way out from where you're trying to get. That's what I consider experience inside recovery, and that's that's what's worked for me. Now, as I see it on the other side of this, and I'm not saying you have to have 10,000 hours to help someone right. in recovery. Yeah. By no means am I saying that. If that's the case, then you've got to sign out from your side of the podcast because you had not put your 10 years of recovery no, in, right? Nope. Um, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, you know, sometimes I know me personally, when I first got sober, I was my sponsor said, okay, now you go help another alcoholic. I was yeah. an AA. And I was like, how do I do it? You know, he said, Get their number. Get tell them to start calling you and start working some steps with them. It was that simple. I'm like, how do I do? He's the same way I did it with you. And so the first, I don't know, two dozen I worked with, they all started drinking again. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is not That's working. Not funny, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you, you know, because you've yeah. been there. I guess anybody who's sponsored has went through that. So I, I felt like a failure. I felt like I wasn't doing good. And I'm not. I'm not saying this that I had to fail that many times before it worked before I could see somebody get sober because it isn't up to me. No. You know, all I'm doing is showing what happened to me. I say all that because I know that we've got listeners who probably feel that same way, that insecurity of, well, I can't do this. I can't get them sober. No, you're right. You can't. You can't. You can't get them sober. But what you can is you can show them what you've done. You can show them your experience. And that's what makes you an expert in recovery. And you don't have to be an expert or even have long-term sobriety to just be an encouragement to somebody. Right. Like with the whole being accountability partners or whatever, I mean, you can do that from day one. You know, you can walk into recovery and barely be sober and get somebody's number and say, hey, let's let's do this. Let's walk through this together. You know, I'll call you and you make sure I'm going to meetings. I'll, I'll make sure you're going to meetings or whatever. And you can draw strength from each other knowing that, you know, you're both kind of on the same path. There's incredible power in that. And you don't have to be an expert to send a text message to somebody saying, hey, you know, I'm praying for you today. Uh, you know, is there if you need to talk, you know, you can call me or whatever. You don't have to be an expert to do those things. To that point, um, you and I both have worked different programs, same steps, different programs. And... When I was first in AA, I was told to get a sponsor probably day one, and it took me till probably six months in to get that sponsor because <laughs> I was forced to because I didn't know how to do the book. You know, I was reading through the big book and I didn't know how to really work this fourth step, this inventory. So I finally said, okay, I'll give in and get a sponsor. Yeah. That's how I finally forced myself to get one. You were sponsoring yourself for a while? Oh, yeah. You know, because I, I knew what I was doing. Yeah, I yeah, man. I mean, it worked before. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, but so... But then that was really it. Like meetings and my sponsors kind of what was drove home to me, or at least at my home group. 
when I started going to uh, uh, celebrate recovery meetings, the whole idea of this accountability partner came in. I had those in AA, but I never was really told to get those. Were you? No. Yeah. I mean, I did. It. I had numbers. I mean, I remember, you know, people saying stuff like, hey, get talk to another alcoholic every day. You know, even if it's not your sponsor, or if you call your sponsor and you and they don't pick up, well, then call somebody else. You know, so it was in there, but it probably it just wasn't driven home like it is in, in Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, I really like the idea of I having that accountability team around me. Yeah, it's again, I'm getting sidetracked here, but I think it's still beneficial for what we're talking about. Is it's important not to try to use my accountability team as my sponsor? Right. It's easy to just start going to that one person you you mesh with a little bit better, yeah. or just seeking out the answer you want. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really easy to yeah. do that. Yeah. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah. You're asking the person that you know is going to go along with anything. Yeah. And so you know, there's there's particulars that I go strictly to my sponsor for, but there's times my sponsor's not there. Just like. Back to the whole doctor thing. I've never called and got my doctor. But what I will get is a nurse, nurse practitioner on the phone who can say, well, this is what's going on. I really can't help you with that. Let me get a hold of the doctor. Right. You oh, know, yeah. and so there's that, there is that limbo stage that I just can't get a hold of the doctor. and But I can get some sound advice until I get to the doctor, sure. which yeah. is my sponsor. Right. You know. That may not be the best illustration, but you get where yeah. I'm going. It kind know. of broke down there on the yeah, end. It did. I should have said that. <laughs> my sponsor's not my doctor. We although, know what you Although meant. my first sponsor was my lawyer, <laughs> for real. Close. Yeah, he, li- close. he literally was my lawyer. And there's probably yeah. sponsors that are doctors. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, there you go. Moving along. So, uh, coming back to what I was talking about, the whole idea of being an expert. I think that... What I I believe that we could all take home from this is that we use our experience from our past to qualify us to give advice in the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's strange, though, is it not? Because I I didn't think my past was going to be good for anything. Right. And until I worked my steps, it really wasn't. Yeah. And, I mean, like, to me, whenever I'm working with a sponsee, I don't even – see it so much as me giving advice to him as much as just saying because like i'll use the phrase for me or this is what worked for me this is what i did you know this is what i did i mean really it's more of just saying hey this is what's worked for me you know and that that lets you as a sponsor or even accountability partner if you're trying to encourage somebody it lets you off the hook and as far as like, hey, you're not telling the person what to do, you know. You're just saying, hey, you're just suggesting to them, hey, this is what worked for me. It may or may not work for you um, because, you know, there's there's different things. Everybody's recovery recipe is different. It takes different ingredients, you know, for it to come out right. Um, but, you know, that's all we can do when we're sharing our experiences because it's our experience. But, you know, I, I would say this. There are universal things that do work. Though. Yeah, there, without a doubt. But, like, if I've got sponsees now that just refuse to do anything that I suggest, well, sure. I will tell them to find another sponsor. Right. Because, obviously, I mean, what I'm going to do and what you're going to do just doesn't work. And to be fair, I have to be cautious, very cautious, that – 
my my experience is this. It is exactly what you're saying. This is what got me sober. So I know it works for me, but it may not work for you right. the same way. Yeah. And so I've got to be very cautious to say that, you know, I've got to give you the freedom to find it your way. Um, and the fact that, you know, you, you may not have to call your sponsor every day of the week. You may get by with the one. You may not have to go to, you know, 90 meetings in 90 yeah. days. You may be able to go to two a week or whatever. Yeah. And so I can't say, well, you didn't do that, so I can't sponsor you no more. You know that, right? Th- no, but I, I've I've been guilty of that. The reason yeah. I say that because I, I just I know that it works for me, and, yeah, and I want it to work for that other person so bad. I want them to take this suggestion, this advice that, I, that I'm offering, and when they don't, that doesn't mean that they've you know neglected the expert's advice, right? And I mean, if you've if you've help people and sponsor people for uh, uh, the amount of time that you have, well, you're not only using your own experience in recovery, but you're using your experience as a sponsor, having seen a huge variety of, of people trying to recover and working the steps. You're, you're, you're drawing off of that wealth of knowledge as well as your own recovery too. And so, but it's natural, I think, when you're trying to help somebody that you you think their recovery should kind of look like yours, and it's it's not always going to do that. One of the, the things that, I, that I've been guilty of throughout the years is, is maybe, and maybe saying sponsorship and experts not the probably not the best way to mingle those together because I don't have all the answers. You know, I really don't. There's times I think that I do. You know, that's the pride in me and. Heck, that same pride is what led me to using drugs in the first right. place. I, I'm a broken person, and I have to always remember that and stay humble. I mean, recovery's taught me that much. But when I when I talk about just you know the idea of being an expert, it's just you know the the experience that comes with it is important. I, I think you know uh, I want people to, to know where I've been and where I'm at today, and that's what you ask a sponsor to be your sponsor for because there's an obvious change in them. You know, you want some of their experience, but it's not necessarily always right. Even doctors get it wrong. Yeah, I you mean, know, they're they take take the uh, Hippocratic oath or whatever, and they make mistakes sometimes and end up harming somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just because you're an expert doesn't mean that you're infallible. Uh, and so I've got to remember that. Yeah, that you know, I, I don't have it all together. Uh, it's a whole lot better than it used to be. Right. You know, a whole yeah. lot better. I, I, I'm a little further down the road that I could help a person or two, but, you know, thankfully I've got somebody ahead of me helping me. Yeah, you and know? then the other thing is, like, just because, like, I know I, I, I know a lot about recovery, but I know that doesn't keep, that's not what keeps me sober. Applying it helps that a lot. Applying what I know and actually taking action on the things that I know is what keeps me sober. But just the knowledge itself doesn't do anything at all. Mm-hmm. So keeping keeping that in mind, you know, is key. Well, that kind of brings it all to this, is that, you know, if you're looking for help, there's people to help you. You don't necessarily have to break the bank to go get help. Um, I, I, I run into people all the time say, I don't have money for a rehab. You don't. Go find you a 12-step meeting. Yeah, and get there's in free there. rehabs too. There are. You know, the resources are there. And, in fact, if, if someone needs that, let us know. You can get us at SoberHolic Podcast at gmail.com. 
um, and we'll help you find one of those. I, I don't know exactly where you live or where that's at, but there's there's hope, and I would be willing to do whatever it took to help you find Definitely. something like that. Or a, a meeting, like I said a minute ago, that's a great place to start. A lot of people inside those meetings have resources outside of oh, those yeah. meetings because they've been there yep. because of their experience. And if you've been through the steps and you're struggling with helping someone else, then remember that your experience is what makes you an expert enough to help someone else. You don't have to have all the answers, but the great thing about having an expert on the other end or a sponsor on the other end of you is that if you don't have the answer, you can ask them for the answer, oh, yeah. and they'll give it to you. And that's just kind of the whole idea of recovering. But, so, you got anything else to add with that? No, I'm good. Huh? Well, man, I enjoyed another one. I'm glad to get that off my mind. And so, until next time, I'm Roger. I'm Jason. And we're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.